Welcome to the Darlow Fans Radio Podcast, the first of 2019, where we're all sat here, fueled with optimism and looking forward to the season ahead. We'll be here again throughout this season, bringing you about a monthly update on the goings-on around the Quakers. So tonight for this first one, I'm joined on my left by Michael Cansfield. Afternoon, Mike. <laughs> Afternoon, Stuart. Uh, by Kev Luff. Evening, Stu. Uh, by Mike Price. Hello. And uh, we got apologies from uh, our usual ever-present Craig Stoddart from the Northern Echo who can't make it. Uh, Former ever-present. Former ever-present, did you say that? Former ever-present, no longer. He's lost his ever-present record. And I think, generally speaking, we're feeling all right about the season so far, aren't we, chaps? What do you, what do you reckon, Mike, if I go, go to you first? What's your opening comments? How are you feeling about it all? So far, pretty happy. Um, I'd say we've had one bad day at the office, but apart from that, you know, it's a team in transition, lots of new signings, lots of new faces, both in and out of the dugout. And I think we're uh, we're doing pretty well. And uh, yeah, better cool. to come, but so far so good. So what are we talking? Are we talk, what are we talking? A C, C plus, B minus? What you... Ooh, do we still grade using letters? I thought it was all numbers <laughs> these days. Good. Mike, you, you've, you've done plenty of away, well, you've done all your away games so far. You haven't brought many points back, have you? No, absolutely. Well, I think the rule is you don't you don't you don't look at the table until it's ten games in, do you? So if we work on that basis, we don't score. But there's been a, a I would say a couple of uh, bad days at the office. If we include the first the opening day of the season when we were all fresh faced and looking forward to the season, but uh, there's shoots of it. It's there's, there's cert- as I've said on commentary a few times. There's a, there's certain similarities with last season. Little bits of it in terms of flashes of it, but little bits of the defensive side and what have you. But there's food. There's plenty of food for thought. Plenty of food for thought, and don't look at the table till ten games in. Kev, uh, did you manage to get your camera high enough to get over the grass at Farsley? <laughs> yeah, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> um, terms of the season so far, some good, some not so good. Yeah, it's, I'd probably echo what uh, what Michael Price has said. It's uh, it's not been terrible, but it's it's been okay. Yeah, very good. And and I'll ask the open question. Someone can come in it first. Who's been your star performer so far? Let's start there as well. Who is it that's come in that's impressed you the most? Uh, Will Hatfield. Easily one of the best signings we've had in the last, I dare say, two or three seasons. He's such a busy and productive midfielder. Um, I've been really impressed by him so far. Um, I think when we come to play with the season discussions, I think he'll be right up there, to be perfectly honest. That's a bold, that's a bold and optimistic statement. He's been very good, hasn't he? But if Mike says we can't look at the league table till ten games, I, I, thought, I think you're brave making player of the season after seven. I'll, I'll stick my neck on the line now, and I'll say Will Hatfield will be player of the season. There you go. Any objectors? Well, he did play fullback, which is a dangerous position to play for Darlington at the moment. So, assuming he survives the the uh, what's the curse of the fullback, I think uh, he's got a reasonable chance. Yeah, it's, yeah. Mike, any, any other th- any other? At the risk of turning this into a podcast where Kevin and I basically agree with each other for the next hour, I'm going to say Hatfield as well. Um, he's been that exactly the kind of player that we were missing so badly last season. Um, like combative midfielder, but he can get forward as well. Works well with his partner in midfield, and he's just been he's been like a breath of fresh air. He's been absolutely brilliant, and I think um, Donoa has impressed me as well in the appearances he's made. Maybe more from the bench, I think. He's a very good impact sub, but he's done enough when he started to, I think, you know, keep his place in the next game. He's just sort of been in when somebody like Tomo's been missing or O'Neill on Monday. and um, But I think he's, he's very quick as well, I would say. Very, very quick. But he's impressed me and Lang as well. Um, maybe some might think a shaky start, but for me, I think he's he's matured very quickly, grown into the season very quickly. And I've quite like enjoying him playing in defence and the, some of the balls he's been playing as well have just been brilliant and so I think those are my three. I think the thing with Hatfield as well is we've not seen him with Atkinson in midfield and I think once Atkinson slots into that sort of holding midfield role which I think is where Armstrong sees him then we'll possibly see even more from Hatfield because I get the impression at the moment he's doing a bit of everything and uh, I think uh, Alan wants him a bit further up the pitch, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Mike said earlier we're not going to look at the league table until 10 games in, which is a very good reminder, but I think we should probably go back and just pick out a couple of the games that we've been through so far. I don't know if you want to do the almost like the good, the bad and the ugly, but uh, if, you're looking <laughs> at, if you're looking at good performances to start there, what's been the best performance that's most impressed you 
from the ones you've seen so far, chaps? Well, um, I suppose for me, it's got to be the two games we've won, hasn't it? I mean, we've... Have we only won two games? No way. It feels like better than that. Yeah, yeah, I think the, the Southport game was probably the better of the two, even if it was a 2-0 versus the 3-0 against Kettering, because they came and they were unbeaten. They'd gotten off to a really good start. They hadn't conceded. It was kind of last, like last season when we played Telford. And I think we beat them 3-0. And when they turned up, they hadn't been beaten. And they were like right up at the right end of the table. And, and we just played them off the park. It was the same against Southport. The Kettering game, we won that 3-0. Um, but I think the Southport performance was probably better. Because we maybe didn't expect as much from that one. And we just, I think it was, was it five minutes? O'Neill scored the first goal. And from there on, it was just... We, we set ourselves up right for that game and we got the three points the performance deserved. I think um, Mike's picked out the, the right two games as being the best two games so far, the Southport game and the Kettering uh, one, but I'll throw on the Gatehead one as well because I think that sort of underlines the difference between last season and this season in that, you know, Gatehead came and the Prestons and, you know, for 60 minutes there probably were or did edge the game. Uh, in terms of the way the pressed us and you know made life difficult for us, but um, I think last season we would have lost that one 0 Whereas we still had the legs, we still had the incarnation after about sixty minutes. Once Gateshead had sort of wrapped in the pressing game, I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, we actually managed to get something from that game. I, I don't think we would have done that last season. Yeah, and and I'm looking at you for the bad, Mike, because you've you've not had such a good run in the away games. But of could you could you, was there some um excuse almost in the pitch at Farsley or, or not so much or which which disappointed you the most out of those two defeats on the road um, I've kind of I think we just wiped the first 30 minutes of the season away forget about it it was it just didn't quite come together um, Curzon's played very well for 40 minutes um, and again on on Saturday at Altrincham they played pretty well passing the ball around I think uh, if we want, there's another guy now we've learned how to pronounce his name Asagi I think it would be a bit of a shame he's, he's, he's growing as a player I think he's got a certain potential about him because when I saw him the way at Stockport you thought oh not sure uh, but he's he's passing the ball around lovely so uh, it would be a bit of a shame if he gets pushed aside just with Atkinson coming in but I, I see the theory of moving Hatfield further forward but uh, I mean Curzon was good but I suppose the one thing that's Possibly one of the worst goals I think I've ever seen us concede. That second goal, ugh. but again, we'll just, it's still early doors, so there's no point getting excited about it all. They're still getting their hands on it. But uh, it was interesting, we've lost the two teams that play 4-4-2 and are very basic. Keep it, keep it simple, don't lose the ball, and then eventually they get a chance. That seems to be the only common denominator, I would suggest, as we're trying to work our own form out. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think one of the things we should maybe do, actually, before we get too obsessed about Darlington is look around and see how far we've come as a club, right? And we were all talking before we came on air about some of the challenges or some of the terrible news actually coming from Gig Lane yesterday or this earlier this week, depending on when you're listening to this. And Bolton hanging on by a thread, although I think I've heard that they might be all right. Uh, but Bury, I suppose that, that gets, you in the, gets you in the heart a bit, that doesn't it, what's happened there at Gig Lane? Yeah, the the Bury situation is really sad. I mean, I, I I used to enjoy going to Bury when we were in the football league. It was a, a nice ground, friendly people. Uh, the social club near the near the ground was always very very accommodating for a pre-match drink. And um, the they were sort of in the football league at the time when I was involved in the club, sort of in a, a media capacity. And um, it sort of became reasonably friendly with a fella called Gordon Gordon Shawfeet, who worked at Bury. Uh, he was part of the media at the time. He's now become like ticket manager, you know, club secretary, media manager, you know, bit of everything. As soon as he heard the news about Bury, that's who I thought of, you know. That that's the sad thing is people will have lost their jobs. The the real peop the real person who suffered won't be this Stuart Dale fella. It'll be the people who are part and parcel of Bury Football Club and their fans, you know. And that's the sad thing. Yeah. Well, I don't have good memories. They beat us 5-1. <laughs> they hammered us that day. And uh, it, it's probably the club that Neville, Neville and his 92 lot should have bought in the first place instead of Salford, to be honest. So, uh, as the Berry fans have been questioning him, and I'm sure plenty of Darlow fans have thought it the same, why why don't you buy the club your father was uh, or, or running? And his, what, his wife, this, his, his mum is sec the secretary or something. Something along those lines. Seems yeah. a bit strange. 
But uh, anyway, yeah, it's sad, but it it's not the end, as we know. It's not, they make it out like it's uh, they're never going to see football again. They've got a football stadium, which we don't. So whichever level they get to come back into, they'll they'll come back to certain at least to our level, without any reasonable problems. It's just, yeah, it's like Kev says, the jobs is the bit. It's the innocent parties. All the people have done their little bits, but they'll still have a football club and they'll do the little journey that we have, which there's a reasonable argument that some might say they enjoyed. I'm still not entirely sure I would swap it with just staying where we were, but uh, it's definitely been different. And I'm sure Barry will do the same thing again. They'll live on. There's no problem with that. But I mean, they, they will enjoy the journey back, but the one thing you would hope for out with all this bloody mess is that the actual football league do something about ownership and, mm. you know, people who are involved in clubs in general. Um, the cynic in me suggests that they probably won't do a thing, um, even though they should be getting more involved in matters of ownership and debt and how clubs are financed. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity when we actually, I wouldn't say reform the league, as it were, but look at the, how they do their business, because as far as I'm concerned, the Football League is guilty as what the owner of Bury is. Um, you know, they didn't do the fit and proper person's check on him. Uh, they're the ones who rubber-stamped him taking over. They should have done a lot more. You know, all right, I get the fact that they've laid down the law, and I, I think they have to do that. You know, you, at some point you do have to draw a line in the sand and say enough's enough. But it should never have gone to that situation in the first place because they should have done the due diligence. They should have been asking the questions of why, why is this guy getting involved? I mean, let, let's be honest, this isn't a club that's suddenly struggled. I mean, they have struggled in terms of their longer-term history, but they went up last season. They were playing, paying ridiculous sums to players. Now, the first question to me is to the football league, well, why did you let them go up? That's the first question. You know, so there's a lot of questions and you would hope they would, you know, do something about it for the future, but the cynic in me suggests that they probably won't. Yeah, it was. It, it took us back though, didn't it? There was mm. on the news yesterday where there were all the volunteers were out there cleaning the seats and ready for a game that they thought they'd have on Saturday. It took us. It took me back. It took yeah, me back. I mean, every time you see Five a club, shows. every time you see a club that gets into this sort of situation, gets this close to to going to the wall, it it's kind of a reminder of where we were six, seven years ago. Um, and you know, as as the other two guys have already said, it's not it's not the end for them. They they've got to look at it really as a new beginning. There will be. There will hopefully be a football club in Bury after whatever happens to to this one happens, but yeah, and the football league have got to to got to look at themselves in this as well. I think the uh, the fit and proper persons test is a complete violation of well trade descriptions. I suppose it's not fit and proper when you can allow somebody who was on the radio was it back end of last week freely admitting that he didn't even know there was a football club there. He's not a football fan. Why is he buying a football club then? And some of the names that you've heard linked with the club afterwards, or sort of in the, in the in the dying hours, I suppose, some of the people who've been linked with it that you could never imagine would would pass any sort of test of ownership of any sort of company, never mind a football club. Um, you know, ask the Gateshead fans; they know who I'm talking about. And I just. It, it just baffles me that if these people are interested in buying football clubs, especially some of the intro, like this, I saw something that a, a consortium of billionaires was now suddenly interested. Well, where were they when all of this started? Why now? Is it so they can get them on the cheap? Because it's probably too late. Well, exactly. That's what, it, as Jeff Selling said, the, you can't, you, you beggars can't be choosers when the wolves are at the door. So... Uh... But one thing I should say was, if we do finish this bit, is for any program hunters out there, I did happen to be at Berry versus Tranmere, so I've got their last program, <laughs> which I realised today. <laughs> I tell you what, that's that's a bit harsh. That I can't believe you've said that. I, I, I've got the Borough one as well when they went bust. Is, is he one of the? Is he one of the vultures you were talking about? <laughs> Start to wonder. Profit. Start to wonder. Oh, as, as, as I sit do here in the Do we need to subject Dallas. him to the fit and proper person? <laughs> I, think we, I think we might do. Well, if you if you are listening to this and you want to buy a knockoff program from Bury's last ever game, Mike Cansfield's your man. 
he's, he's I got was one. there. But it does make you think, though, doesn't it? If you go mm. back to 2012, how far we've come to get here, 2019. Yeah. Because while we're talking about stuff on the pitch and what's happening to all our full-backs, why do they keep all getting injured and all things like that, if you look off the pitch and take a step back, it seems to me anyway, I don't think it's too controversial a statement to say, we seem to be in as uh, stable mm. uh, position as we've been since we started back. I mean, it's great. It's great getting promotion every year, but one thing staying in this league for a couple of years seems to have given us is a bit of stability. We've yeah. had the same people on for a little while now. Uh, lots of things going on off the pitch. We can maybe talk about some of them here, but that's the sense I get anyway. I don't know if there's yeah, any objectives it's, there. It's taken us a few years to, to get it right. It's been a bumpy road. You know, We've been learning along the way the whole time, but I think at this point in time, you would say that we are, like you say, as stable as, as we've ever looked off the pitch. I'm touching wood, mind. I'm touching wood. <laughs> and yeah, the good I thing keep, is I'd that keep we touching have... it. There's still a long way to go on that front, but yeah, ish, ish. There's a little bit of stability up, upstairs, I suppose, on the board with uh, the John Vickermans and the John Wilnoffs and whatever. That's That side's good, but obviously we've had a mass turnaround of management and players, which is unstabilising a bit. And the slightly disappointing start to the the attendances, that's sort of been a little bit of a wobbler. Apart from that first one. Are that disappointing? About par? No? Are they, are, you, are they a bit soft for what you'd have expected? No, I think they're probably about what I expected for this time of the season. Uh, the one thing I will say about Bury is they've, they've sort of gone at a, a sort of better stage than what we did, in a sense, because we dropped out the league by that point. We were sort of out of the media spotlight so to speak yeah and i know sky sort of did covers around the sort of time the barrel game but we sort of dropped off everybody's radars by that that point because we'd had a couple of seasons in non-league whereas at least they've gone in the football league so to speak and it, it's it just means they're a little bit more high profile it, it means you know they might hold on to a few more fans when they inevitably restart things um I think we'd had a sort of slower, lingering death, as it were. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that maybe cost us a few fans along the way. Um, so I think they probably start from a better position than what we did. And, you know, plus they've got the added bonus that there's the likes of us, Chester, have all restarted in recent years. Yeah, there's a lot of models they, they, they can there's look a, at. There's a lot of examples. experience out there that they can... You but know, they've got the weird on. bit where they've not got a season. I was going to say, and they've got that's, a year that's, to that's set That's a weird side. bit. They've got yeah, a year to set all of this up, which could be a blessing or a curse, really, depending on oh, whether they can... never be good, so they basically are going to yeah. like, lose everybody. Everybody's gone. That's just weird. They're going to have a whole year. I know that's the flip side, isn't it? So they've got a year to prepare, but then again, they've got a year. We we went with a bit of momentum, I suppose, didn't mm. we? Because we finished the one season and carried on yeah. straight off. I don't know, but then again, you know, I don't know whether that's good or bad. It could be either way. You're certainly right about the amount of attention that they got, though. Yeah, I'd like to say we, we dropped off everybody's radars, I think, by that point, which uh, was a real shame. Plus, the, the ground situation might be a bit better for them. I'm not entirely sure on the details of that one. There seems to be a lot of question marks about mortgages and debts and where that debt's being applied to. So you you would hope the council or someone would maybe step in and say, look, you're not doing anything with this ground. Um, we're not going to allow any sort of planning permission or anything like that. That's something they could do, certainly. Um, so I, I think the big question is trying to keep a hold of your ground. That was the thing which knackered us completely for a, a while. We didn't have that place to call home, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's still, still don't. arguable, isn't it, whether whether we do, but that's all still to be resolved, I think, isn't it? And we're still, I guess, expecting some sort of conclusion to the whole ground recommendation at some point in the next few months, I guess, uh, where, where that will be. But no information from us on that. We don't know anything, but I'm sure it'll come out in the in the fullness of time. Um, one of the good steps forward that we should briefly talk about is the creation of the Darling Football Club Foundation. Um, which again looks to be another strong platform for Darling Football Club in the community. Um, that was great to see, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, great to see. It sort of goes back to what we were saying about us getting things right, uh, getting things right off the pitch. Um, we've got um, a stable board, uh, finances seem stable, and we're doing a lot of. We're starting to get out there into the community a lot more, and just sort of, I suppose, almost remind people that we are actually still here. Because you, there are still people sometimes that almost forget that we're still around. You know, we dropped, like Kev said, we dropped off a lot of people's radars and and getting back out into the community and doing these kinds of things. And and it's a foundation for you know, it's not just about the community; it's about doing good as well. You know, it's it's to make a positive difference to people. And I think it's 
I think it's a fantastic idea and I'm really happy we've set it up. And one of the first things we do, and I've got to give it a plug because otherwise uh, Neil Raper will shout at me, but uh, Saturday the 14th of September, uh, the Darlington Football Club Foundation are doing a park run takeover. Uh, have any of you guys done a park run? Yes. That's one. <laughs> one. <laughs> Often asked two, never actually made well, it. Yeah, I've, I think I've got my 50 shirt somewhere. I've done a lot I've done a lot of them, but I haven't done them for a couple of years. But anyway, great event. Loads of people from the community there. I think they're getting 350 people upwards uh, each week so it would be great to see if uh, if fans around there if you're listening can support that by helping as a marshal or a timekeeper on the day and coming along and helping that I think that's a really nice a really nice start and we wish everyone good luck with that are they taking it because park runs its own thing are they running a separate one or the other helping run the park run park run? no the south park park run a few times a year they have different organizations do a takeover so sometimes it's a oh, junior right. takeover and the junior section provide all the marshals and stuff sometimes it's the harriers so it's a one-off it's a one-off yeah oh right i see good good point of clarification <laughs> <laughs> when you is it again it's saturday the 14th of september nine o'clock if you want to uh, follow the social media channels for the supporters group i know they sent out an email uh, a couple of days ago you don't need to run it if you're sitting there at home thinking god i can't run i couldn't run 5k you don't need to the idea is if you don't want to run it you can help um with some of the setup and wear your darling shirt with pride and, and represent the club I would suggest one little tip from when I did something of that ilk was don't go out the night before. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, I've got a chance to go out in Darlow. But it was the night before the race. But that was the 10K, to be fair. But yes. Yeah, there you go. You can get all the tips here on the Darlow Fans Radio <laughs> podcast. So that's the uh, foundation. Uh, let's talk for a little minute about expectations uh, for the season because we talked a lot about them at the Fans Forum. Um, and what I thought would be kind of fun for us to do since we didn't get out in time with the envelopes this season if for those of you who listen regularly last season everybody made a secret prediction put it in an envelope and we unveiled it at the end to see how absolutely terrible we all did terrible Uh, we were all spot on (laughs) but what I thought we'd do this time is perhaps we can go public with uh, with some forecasts some predictions if you like and then when we get to May um, and we're getting ready for the summer break. We can play this back and realise how ridiculously bad a job we've done of it. So what I thought we'd do, quickly go around here. I'm going to come to you, Mike, first for this, Mike Price. Right, I've got, I've got four categories for you here to think about. Uh, what position Darlington are going to finish in? Who's going to be the champions? Who's going to be Darlow's player of the season? And what do you think this season is going to be remembered for? There you go. Go on, Mike. We're going to finish ninth. We finished ninth, yeah. Um, at the risk of sounding entirely predictable, Will Hatfield is going to be our player of the season. At the risk of sounding entirely predictable, again, when you look at the league table as we record this, I think York are going to be champions. And what is the season going to be remembered for? Our third round FA Cup tie at Anfield. <laughs> oh, don't. That, that, <laughs> that still hurt from losing to Rochdale, don't. <laughs> Optimism? We can dream, Mike. We can I've dream. Got it Kev, in spades. Kev, what you got? He's been reading my iPad, I can tell you, because that's entirely what I was going to say. Well, I've already stated my claim that Will Hatfield being player of the season. Um, I think Campbell will be top scorer. Um, I had that too. I noticed one or two people sort of having a little pop after he didn't score on the weekend, but, you know, once you've... If, if you'd looked at the stats before Monday's game, he's actually had a 50% strike ratio in terms of goals before Monday. So, you know, I've, I've noticed one or two people on covered say he won't hit 15 goals. I think he will hit 15 goals. And he was well on target for doing that until Monday. He's still not far off that anyway. Um, in terms of champions, I think it'll be York City. I think they've got a good manager. They look like they've got a good squad. Um, I know it's early days and you can't look at the league table until 10 games into the season. But I think if there's any team who's going to run away with it, I think it'll be York City. I think everybody else is playing for essentially a playoff place, to be honest. Uh, and I agree with Mike. I think we'll finish a shade higher. I think we'll finish eighth, which I think puts us just outside the playoffs. So, yeah, that, that's mine. And in terms of what I'm going to remember for the season, um, I'm going to go FA Cup. I've, it's it's got to be this season, hasn't it? Every single podcast we've gone about an FA Cup run, it's got to be this season, people. This season, definitely. There you go. I'm getting nervous about Can't this. Can't wait until we do September's pod to talk about <laughs> how we got knocked out at the first hurdle again. I'm getting nervous about this. <laughs> go on then, Mike. Same, same questions, Mike Cansfield. You'll have to remind me of the topics again. But the best player, I, I'm going to throw a curveball in with the best player because I, Hatfield's a good player, but I, I think 
our best player isn't actually at the club yet. Okay. Uh, so if I'm allowed to go for so a, a new then? signing that we okay. don't know who we're going to... I don't know who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can but go if, for that. Like I, a joker. You want I, to play the joker card. I think we're going to get a forward. I think at some point, if we get lucky to get somebody to partner Campbell, unless O'Neill turns into something, because if we can get, as I was saying to you before, we're badly missing somebody to put the ball in the net, which is putting a lot of pressure on the team, which is a lot of echoes from last season in my, in my humble opinion. So... I don't think that our player is here yet. I hope there's something exciting to look forward to potentially. What's the next one? Uh, so, did you say position yet? No. What position? Where are we going to finish? Where are we going to finish? Uh. <laughs> well, as the away one, I suppose I'm going to go. Uh, let's go tenth. I can't. I've seen the away game so far, so my optimism has got to be fairly on the ground, hasn't it? Next one. Uh, and the last one, what do you think this season will be remembered for? Season will be remembered for, apart from the, the nice new shirt. I, I do like the shirts. Uh, that's been a winner. Uh, but uh, in terms of the team, they're going to. Uh, we might get another Brazil goal. I think whether they knock it around, there'll be another one. What was that What was that goal they scored when they were like 20 passes and they oh, put the, it in? The Barcelona one, Cartman again. The Barcelona got Brazil, yes. Tamworth? Yeah, it was. Was it Cartman who put it in? Yes, yeah, it, it, I, it, it I, was Cartman tapping it in at the end. Tapping it in at the end. <laughs> yeah, well, you could have stuck it in, probably, but anyway. Potentially, I I think we might have a another another wonder Barcelona goal. I'm not going to mention the comp- other competitions that we may be in that we don't particularly do anything in. So because it's just if we disregard it, then anything is a bonus. Is that it? That's it. I think then you, Stuart. Well, I, I haven't actually thought of that. I'm going to wing this because I hadn't really thought of it that much. But I'm going to go, I think we will finish 11th. So I'm the most pessimistic out of all of us. But I said that before the start of the season and everything I've seen since leads me to think we'll be decent. I think we'll be better than last year, 11th. And there's a little bit there where... Yeah, frankly, <laughs> I, I, there's a little bit where you sort of always try and under-promise and over-deliver on these things as well. So I'm going a bit like that. Um, player of the season. Well, we didn't do top score. Player of the season, I'm going to go for Jarrett Rivers. There you go, because I tell you why, because um, you know, not not flooded loads of goals yet or anything like that. Obviously, a talented player, but what I like about Rivers from what I've seen so far is the amount of coverage. Like like Hatfield as well. I don't disagree with Hatfield, by the way, but I thought I would shake it up a little bit. Covers every blade of grass, Rivers, and if he can stay fit, I think he'd be a really really popular player. And obviously, the many Rivers crosses that comes in as well. Boom, you boom. like that one, don't you? <laughs> like that the Rivers crossing. Uh, the I think I can't look past York for champions again, and for the season being remembered. The season. I didn't. I don't. I don't think. It, I think York are going to have a. They've started off with a ton of hundred miles an hour, no question. But the the pressure that's at York as a as a York resident, I I. Who who else is in the top bit at the minute now? I, Kings I, Lynn a second. I can't see it being Kings Lynn. Chester are up there, I think. But this, this, who's, who's the one that's always there? And, oh, no, Stockport have gone up, haven't they? And surely yeah, the other Stockport ones that have per, perennially been there and gone up. So who's left to go? Who came down? Well, Brackley's the one who's always up there. Brackley. Every season. Let's go for Brackley. They could Brackley. be there, yeah, this year. There you go. We'll edit that together later on for the end of the season. <laughs> so, uh, what did I say? 11th, York City, player of the season, Rivers. And the season, I think the season will be remembered for this ground thing. I don't know what will happen or where it will go, but I think that's going to be... I think I don't know. I think we're gonna have to make a call on it one way or the other. Some somehow. I think that's going to be our very own Brexit debate. That one. I think because there's some people on the fence very strongly one way. There's some people on the fence strongly another way. So I think that'll be it. There don't you we go. suspend all football club activities until we get we our way on that? We'll pour yeah, the season, pour the football and all club. that stuff. But yeah, I think tell you what else is going to happen this season yeah. that we'll all remember. Stephen Thompson's 101st goal. Stephen Thompson's 100. Well, we're going to forget the hundredth. Well, the hundredth ties it. The hundred and first makes it yeah, his own. True, and I think Stephen Thompson will be top scorer this season. That wasn't on the list of things, but I think Thompson will be top scorer. Yeah, I think I'd probably go with it. I went with Campbell. Do you know what? You mentioned O'Neill in your, in your thing there. I've been quite impressed by him, actually. I think he looks a very tidy, uh, tidy youngster. We can keep him for the you know, rest of the season. So I know he's only here till about Christmas, is yeah, he on December, isn't it? If we now? keep him for the, the, you know, the duration of the season, there's, there's no reason why he might not be top scorer either. Um, I've, someone mentioned to me at a game that they reminded, uh, they reminded him a lot of Neil Wainwright, and I didn't see it at the time. I was sort of scratching my head a little bit on that one. But over the last few games, I can 
sort of seen where they're coming from with that. He, he looks a bit gangly, doesn't he? A little bit sort of uneven, but it all seems to come together and works quite well. Um, he's got a nice yeah. touch. Is that? A I, 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 I think he looks a very tidy player. We can keep him for the rest of the season. I, I think we, uh, we've got a bit of a prospect there. Yeah, I like what I see. And I think the other thing, you know, you look at long-term loans like that and you look at what you want to try and get out of it from the club and from the player. And from the club's point of view, you want someone who's going to improve your squad, which I think he does. From the player's point of view, you want to see someone who's going to come into a club on loan and play every week or most weeks and, and learn, you know, and play proper competitive games. And the good thing about this loan is he's getting that. You know, when he's fit, he's starting pretty much, more or, more or less. You know, he's, he seems to relish the kind of physical part of the game, which I guess is what he's been sent here to do. Because, as you say, he's, he's Wainwright-esque in his stature, physically. Um, but he seems to be... Um, I mean, he was only off the bench 20 minutes or half an hour in the home game um, on Bank Holiday Monday. But I think he hit the post. He had another one that he almost tapped in a rebound. A couple of other chances. And if you looked at the chances back on the highlights, he was at the heart of a, a lot of them, really. So I think that's a good shout. I'll tell you one thing we should talk about. Mike brought it up earlier on, the curse of the fullback. What curse What is it? It's like the Bermuda Triangle, isn't it? Playing fullback for Darton this season. And it's been a real shame for Alan and the and the, and the, um, the staff, hasn't it? Because it's caused us a real problem on the pitch. This and last season, don't don't forget your Carl Muggletons and uh, who was the other left? Ben O'Hanlon got injured for a long time. And there was another left back as well we had who was got injured. There's something funny going on. I don't, I don't know whether wingers are getting more aggressive than they come to players. I mean, hopefully Carl is on the mend because he was quite seriously injured, wasn't he? He properly broke his leg. I haven't heard from that. But yeah, but this season's the same thing. We've lost Luke, who's Luke Trotman, who's one of our, possibly would have been one of our contenders for player of the season. No question. Great player. And we've just lost him for the whole season for the, what was it, an innocuous thing? Mike Little getting injured, seeing not something out of nothing. Who was the other guy who's got injured? Holmes. Jamie Holmes. Jamie Holmes. Yep. Wide player as well. Maybe the maybe the curse goes further down the pitch. Well, that's not. Yeah, he's not a fullback. But yeah, exactly. He got in. But there was somebody else as well, isn't there? Who else have we lost? How many do you want? That's, that's <laughs> half a squad there. Little. Well, we've got we lost Galbraith. Little, little Trotman. Bit on Saturday. Trotman. Little, Holmes. Holmes. Atkinson's just coming back from yeah. an injury. Atkinson. Yeah, that's true. Nishaw's out for however long he's out for. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Well, no, we're just covering all together. But I was just meaning the fullbacks. But yeah, yeah. It's been interesting. But the one thing I suppose, but they have been a lot fitter this season, I suppose. But it's, it's just unfortunate. I, I don't. There's I, absolutely I, no I rhyme think, or reason to it. I think it's just a rubbed green. I mean, I was looking at the the lineups we've had in terms of the defence, and I make it that we've only been able to make, well, when we've named teams, we've only on two separate occasions managed to put out the same back four. If all of those words make sense together. Yeah. Um, so not even consecutively, just in total. Just. Um, Right, okay, well, the, the first game, obviously, Fars and Celtic, um, forget about that one. We named <laughs> a, a, w- well, we, we named an unchanged uh, back four for the Gateshead game. Then we made one change for the Ketman game, one change for the Curzon game, uh, one change for the Southport game, one change for the Altrincham game, and then the Bradford Park Avenue game was the only other one where we managed to name the same back four. So it's only on two separate occasions where we managed to name a consistent back four and that maybe that goes part of the reason why we conceded you know a few few more goals than what we would have liked early doors yeah, crazy. Um, but it's not nothing to do with fitness because we're far fitter than what we were last season already um i, I go back to the gated game i mentioned earlier on the podcast there's no way we would have got a point from that last season and the reason we did get a point from that was because we we're a lot fitter we were still going in the 90th minute well, again, and, and even against 10 men, Altrincham on Saturday was a last-minute goal and uh, an equaliser in our favour. And then Bank Holiday Monday, h- how we didn't, we should have scored. Shouldn't we? we had a 96-minute penalty. We hit the woodwork on 90 minutes. Uh, so in the latter part of games, be that through tactics or fitness, we're looking we're looking pretty good. But Mike Trotman's a hell of a hell of a miss, isn't he? Yeah, he is. It's absolutely gutting to. I mean, he could, um, as has been said, he could have been up there for Player of the Season. Um, come sort of April and you know he's got his England C career as well he was getting fairly regular call-ups there he can go on and play at a higher level and it's devastating on a personal level for him as well as for the football club that he's probably going to miss most of this season because of that injury and all we can do I suppose is wish him a speedy recovery and hope that we do see him 
back in a black and white shirt sooner than we sooner than we were hoping. And hopefully with some more clothes on. I don't know if you've seen that picture of it. Where he's practically uh, stark naked. Mike, I don't go on those sites. Although he's looking ripped. That's but, all right. Just, just, you, just be But careful. the good news is that Luke has agreed to come on uh, to do an away game at some point. Oh, once he's got his cast off. So uh, that's something. It sort of sums up our look. I think Luke Trotman last season, he played more or less every single game. Yep. Am I right in thinking? So we've lost a player who we've you know, got plenty of games out of last season within the space of the first three games of the season. Um... And like Mike said, it's devastating for him personally because I think he's finishing his education this season. Um, you know, I, I get the feeling he would have been liking to push for full-time football, having you know completed that uh, that stuff. So yeah, it's it's good for him, and it's obviously bad news for us as a, a football club. Yeah, and and we know that Alan was equally as disappointed with Jamie Holmes as well. So we don't want to, I don't want to undersell that. But the fact of the matter is, we've watched Luke Trotman for a year, haven't we? We know what a good player is. For the, you know, for honesty, I've said it plenty of times. Other than other than the good Lord Stephen Thompson, I think he's probably my favourite player to watch actually. And the highlight of last season, and there wasn't many highlights of last season, was watching Trotman and uh, and Thompson up the right. They were right wing down the right. And, pair, yeah. and you notice yeah. as well, since and this is no disrespect to the lads who've stepped in into their probably second choice position playing fullback at the moment, but they're not they're not the type who are going to bomb on and get to the byline. Are they? They're both doing the best, and I don't think they were necessarily expecting to be playing fullback. Uh, but we've missed that energy going down the down the wing. And that's maybe why the last two games have finished the way they have done. Maybe because I, I noticed in particular Bradford Park Avenue game they, they were doubling up on Jarrett Rivers um, and then on the opposite side as well, Stephen Thompson. So maybe that's why the last couple of results have sort of slipped to the way they have done. Get well, Luke Trot- Get well soon, Luke Trotman, from all yeah. of us here at Darlow Fan Radio and Jamie Holmes as well. Um, Josh Heaton coming back. That was, was that a surprise? Anyone surprised by that? That that's the biggest rustle in football. Ever. <laughs> get a player on a free, sell him for a, a decent wedge, and then get him back on a free again. That that's fantastic, man. And and welcomed back. I mean, in that last Indeed. spell he had, he was outstanding, wasn't he? Let's be honest. So if we can, if if he can, you know, get himself fit, get in, and replicate uh, some yeah, of those performances, we'll be doing well there. He's got to get. Yeah, exactly. That's the bit. We've got to make sure we've still got this. He's the same player that left us because he was, he was on fire when he when he left us. But potentially, it is a bit of a coup if we can get the other guy for, that we that went up to Scotland, the striker. That wouldn't be bad either, would it? But we should point out what about my Nostradamus bit? I don't know if you saw my footage from the altering and my videoed them coming in, and I did say goal scorer to Campbell as he came through. Nobody noticed my Nostradamus bit as he eventually scored. I suppose we had to wait for such a long time for him to actually put it in the net. Although he talked, he talked so casually. Oh yeah, yeah. I just knew I had to put it in that corner. But oh really? It's as easy as that. <laughs> but if you don't mind, say it to a few more next time on the way. I'll uh, yeah, exactly. I'll take I'll take that. Say on. it to all of them. It'll be. Just got to make sure I get there ahead of them, and then I'll uh, I'll I was just because uh, as I'm slowly but surely getting to know the names. There was a little bit that I couldn't remember what his name was. So I just was calling him, uh, rather than just going ginger one, whatever, I was just naming him. As I'm, a, just imagining, I'm just imagining him as they're coming off the team going, you, goal scorer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, nodding one off the line. If you've seen the American office, you'll get that joke even more. Uh, Heaton. Heaton, <laughs> um, sorry, yes, that's where we were. Heaton, yeah. he, he's definitely Big lad. Same, yeah. de- de- definitely the same player who left us. I mean, um, I think it's a move which... Probably like suits DNA both. testing or something. He's not a robot in disguise, then. <laughs> no, it, it's probably a move which suits both both player and club, to be honest with you, because we need a bit of extra depth in uh, at the back, and I think Josh is probably he probably needs to come back somewhere where he was he feel you know felt a bit of love, because um, he went up to Scotland and things just didn't work out there. The manager left fairly quickly after he joined, and it, I just got the impression he was he was out in the cold there fairly quickly. Uh, never really given a chance, so I think it will suit him coming back to a club where he, there's definitely a lot of affection for uh, Josh Eaton. Um, so yeah, it should should do both parties of the world of good. I think. Yeah, I think some of the St Mirren fans that I'd seen sort of talking at him really on Twitter uh, were a good reminder that they having the direct link between fans and players isn't always a good thing. He didn't seem he didn't seem to be their um their their most popular player up there, so. It is probably 
quite good for him to be back at a club where he knows he's going to be well received and well loved. He only played like one game, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, I know. I, I didn't understand how they took such not, a dislike. I mean, is it because no. he's English behind the Jets? <laughs> I mean, it might be. Honestly, daft as it sounds, maybe it is. It's a pretty much the only explanation I can come up with. <laughs> how, how, how can you judge a player on, what was it, two games played for? Basically, yeah. How can you make any sort of a assessment and get to that level of disdain for a player when you've only seen them play two games? That's ridiculous. I suppose maybe because they thought saw the set, the the alleged price. Yeah, maybe that's he's a waste of money. He was like know. their most expensive signing for a long time, wasn't but, he? But that's that's not the player's fault, is it? No, no, absolutely. Why why, why batter the player with a price tag when he's got absolutely nothing to do with it? Because because there are nutter football fans in the world, <laughs> as we all know all too well, who just shout rubbish for anybody's reason. <laughs> uh, they they are the world over. Every club has their own versions. It's the way of the world, isn't it? One one thing that's the weirdest thing in the National League North that we had last season, we're going to have again this season, is players missing on international duty. What do you make of that? That's crazy, isn't it? Two players out on international duty in the National League North. Two players? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donawer and Bascom. Oh, for us? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One less than Hereford. But the game doesn't get called off? No. But it's three, they do get called off. Three, and you can have your game called off. Hereford have called off a couple of their upcoming games. I forget who the other two are, but Stash is one of them. Obviously, he's... Stash, yeah, and two others, (laughs) whoever they might be. And it's not just playing on international duty. They're playing on the other side of the world as well. That's the other bit. Yeah. But I suppose that's the... That was the part of the deal of getting him. Because the bit we did... I don't know if it came across on commentary, but Sean Gota was there on uh, Saturday. The Bermudan international crowd would come to see him. So they're they're obviously very popular over there. It's just who's brave enough to go to watch... uh, Who's going to go and watch uh, our Darlow players playing in Bermuda? That's the question. Kev, are you going to be able to provide video coverage for that one? <laughs> Love our job, I'll be at the... Um, what, what game are we playing that year? Oh, are they playing? The, I can't remember. They're not the same group as Mexico or something? Or, <laughs> or who are we playing? Or who are we playing? Well, yeah, it'll be hard, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll be hard to be in two places at once. Oh, is it on a sa- oh, it's on a Saturday as well, is it? Oh, right, okay. Does anybody volunteer to do the commentary? I'm, I'm, I'm good, but I'm not that good. <laughs> Who's the guy who paid for the for the hotels for the players? They, if they'll pay for us to go over, we'll do the commentary for the Bermuda game. Yeah, I shouldn't think they'll be that keen for us to do that. Slightly longer trip than when we went to Wales to watch Franz Bergmeier for Liechtenstein. I know yes, that. Absolutely. There is a precedent of this being done before. So let's t- so take a look forward. Who, who we got coming? We've got Kings Lynn Saturday. So mm. by the time this is published, many people will be listening maybe on the bus on the way to Kings Lynn or on the way down to Kings Lynn or something like that. Took going to be a tough game. Flying high in the league made a great start. They have. It's uh, it's exactly the sort of game, after the kind of game we had against Bradford Park Avenue, that you wouldn't be surprised to see us pick up three points in. I think it would be uh, it would be the perfect response to Bank Holiday Monday for us to go up there and uh, and do to them, I suppose, what we did to Brackley last season when we had that one result early on in the season that at this point was our only win. Nobody saw it coming, and we went up there certainly, and we stuck four past didn't. them. <laughs> So, yeah, the, let's do that again. The Kingsley not a bad side. I, I bizarrely have a friend, well, he's a family member, in fact, who is a Kingsland fan. Well, not many people can say that. And they weren't bad. They're a competitive, they're not a bad side. They've sort of come up a bit. They'll battle like a good one. And I think they didn't do it well. They obviously, they beat Warrington to get, is it the playoff finals, whatever it was, with the weird way of the divides and Kingsland playing Warrington, who plays the National North. They'll give us a good game, and they're at home as well, so we'll do well to come out of that game with a point, I think. They've clearly made a good start, so it's going to be a tough game, but any team who came up last season by the playoff system, which was as weird as it come with a super playoffs, they had no must must be an half-decent team. So yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I'm not one to get too head up over the, the previous two results, but I will concede if you don't get something at Kinsland, then you've gone sort of three games without a win. And then you're going in that home game with Blythe and sort of ups the pressure a little bit. So we could do with hopefully bringing a point back from Kinsland, but that that is going to be a big ask. But um, do you know what? Maybe staying over the night before might give us a little bit of the edge because I can't. I don't know who Kinsland have played so far beating at home, but I can't imagine there'd be too many clubs staying over the night before. So maybe that might give us a you know slightly better competitive advantage than it would have been sitting on the bus for goodness knows how many hours on a Saturday. Yeah, and then um, after, as you just mentioned it there, after Kings Lynn comes Blythe, of course, 
uh, who've had a ghastly start to the season. I think they've only got one point so far, haven't they, with all of the change and churn that they had of players, half of them who play for us now, uh, and a new manager in Lee Clark. But you're, you're right. I mean, it's, it's you know we're all very optimistic about it, but you've got to think that that's, that would be a home win, haven't you? Like Bradford, you mean, where they've got their one point. <laughs> <laughs> you were hoping you weren't going to mention that part. Yeah. Easy on paper, as they say. But Yeah, Blythe's, yeah, Blythe's got to be a home win. I mean, they look a bit of a basket case at the moment when you, you read some of their you know uh, fans on Twitter. Um, massive gamble appointing um, Clark as manager. Um, and, and he started his managerial career at Huddersfield, didn't he? He had a really good spell there. I think he broke some sort of unbeaten record. Yes, that's And right. then it's, it's kind of all unraveled since then, hasn't it, a little bit? He blew through, was it Birmingham, fairly quickly. Uh, Blackpool as well. And now he's obviously dropped down to this level with the greatest respect for him. He, I don't know what he knows about this level, but um, yeah. They've already, gone, he thought by look of it. they've already gone through a few players as well. It does suggest that they're in for a long season when that sort of stuff starts happening fairly early doors. Yes, it's going to be a long for them. Well, it looks like so Bradford must have had a few changes from Saturday. That's the, so they're not the same team that were getting hammered 5-0. Yeah, I they think they signed about like four or five, maybe even six players in the week leading up to that, and they'd just drawn a gate set as well. So they are they are starting to turn the corner, I think. Um, Bradford are one of those clubs out there. You always seem to say, oh, we're cutting our cough accordingly. And then all of a sudden, after a slow start, or, you know, all of a sudden they find a few reddies down the back of the sofa and they start recruiting players again. I, I think they did it last season, didn't they? All, almost in reverse. Though they had a good start of the season and then as they were getting towards the end, they decided, oh, we're, we're cutting our cloth accordingly. And they seem to be one of those clubs who always seems to find some money when they need it, don't they? And typically it was in the run-up to our game, wasn't it? <laughs> always the way. I guess the other team that we're expecting to make a move at some point are the Pride of County Durham, aren't they? They've had a pretty a gruesome start as well, haven't they? Uh, I've got absolutely no sympathy for them, to be honest with you. I mean, the new when the season started, um, I'm amazed the league haven't taken a, a harder line, wouldn't be perfectly honest with you. Um, I mean, how many games to play? To play only one home game, yeah. is it so far? Yeah. I mean, everybody else has played like, what, seven seven mm, games so five far? total, have they? Oh, I mean, me, I'm, I'm staggered the league haven't taken you know a bit of a harder line. I, I get that they asked... You know, for all the games to be made away from home, but well, essentially they're starting their season, they're starting their pre-season again, aren't they? Really, to an extent. I mean, they've, they've done the pre-season, then they've had a massive layover where they weren't really doing a great deal. Mm. Um, whereas everybody else has played games and got their match fitness sorted out. They're they're essentially starting again. So I've absolutely no no doubt they'll pull up at some point and they'll start you know getting points on the board. But I reckon it was a I think they were hoping for a good season this year, and they probably still are, but they're already well behind York City now at the top, and I, I, like I said, I can't see anybody overhauling York now, to be honest with you. I think they are the best team in the league based on you know the footage I've seen them. So essentially, they're, they're playing for second spot, aren't they, really? Yeah, I saw this being a two-horse race between York and Spennymore at the start of the season, so um, Spennymore have got some catching up to do. I do think they'll turn it round, and they'll be up at the for them the right end of the table playoffs again this season but they have got off to an awful awful start so the good thing I suppose is that we're now through that piece where we're, you've had that crazy two games a week piece and we can start to look forward as players and as media volunteers I might add to a little bit of a less crazy time going forward so if you were to think Mike of uh, of this next month before we sit here again today um, in, a, in a month's time what are you hoping for what would you what 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 you what you're looking for out of this next month? I think I want to see the team just sort of continue to to gel and to get better. I think we've we've put in some very good performances already this season. The one thing that slightly bugs me, if something has to, is I think we've too many of the goals we've conceded so far have been kind of soft, kind of our own making. We're letting like balls into the box bounce or long balls over the top getting caught behind and and things like that. So. I think that part of that maybe comes from the slight instability in the back four, not being able to name the same the same four game in game out. But uh, if we can cut those out and maybe pick up a few soft goals of our own from similar situations, because I think we've been scoring some really good goals, we've been conceding some really soft ones. So 
let's turn those around. Let's make the opposition work for their goals and let's start picking up the soft ones ourselves. I'm just looking forward to seeing the squad continue to develop because it is a it is a work in progress so far. Uh, I think sort of over the summer and before the season started, I think the club did sort of downplay expectations a little bit, including the manager, because um, it is a work in progress. So I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how we continue to develop um, because so far what I've seen is a side which is has got more organisation about it, a um, bit more leadership on the pitch. And this seems to have a bit more of an identity than what we did last season. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that continues to develop. Uh, I'm looking forward to fish and chips in Kings Lynn. I believe that is on the coast. <laughs> or some kind of near the coast, I think. Uh, but uh, yeah, the main bit, we've got to, maybe if we don't get a striker, a 20 goal striker, I think we need to potentially consider the thought of playing a bit more percentage ball just some of the time just to get those easy goals set pieces nice to see a header going in on a corner when was the last time we scored from a corner it seems that those those easy goals that we don't get and I, then I, I think the hopes of getting the 20 goal strike absolutely are, are be very few and far between because we haven't got the money no absolutely Unfortunately, that, that, that's where we are as a club at the moment that's why with the greatest respect to adam campbell that's why he's at the club because that's the sort of player we're, we're looking at. Uh, with a great respect to Adam Campbell, he sort of drifted a little bit in the mod, uh, the professional game, and that's why he's come down to us, and we're having to try and you know work with him uh, to get him back to where he was at Newcastle as an exciting sort of under-21. Um, and that's the sort of player we're in for at the moment. That's, that's the market we're in. Um, we're, we're not going to be able to go out and buy a, a ready-made, 20 goal a striker off the shelf, as it were. I mean, we we obviously tried it with Maguire during the summer, didn't we? And he? He decided to go for York. Um, so that that's where we are at the moment as a club, I'm afraid. And that's why. No, no, uh, absolutely. But it's in the same way where we got Tyrone O'Neill from, and what is the guy that went to Andrew Dundee? Nelson. Andrew Nelson. You just need somebody, somebody who's been injured, who just needs to run a games, and we can just borrow him. That's or it could be that Campbell clicks. And they get the form, get it working together, and because he's got, he's got a finish on him, it's just whether he can be a, a fifteen plus goals a season, because it just takes the pressure off the team so much. If you know you've got somebody on there, yeah, I mean, it's Kevs are completely seven, right. You so. don't mess around with; they're not easy to find. He's on three and seven. Good goal. He, you know, he got the probably the best goal of the game against Farsley, even if it was you know just a consolation. He got the he got the penalty, and then altering him ninety fourth minute. Free kick right into the postage stamp, as they like to call it. You know, I'm, even if Altrincham had had an actual goalkeeper in, there's a decent chance that would have ended up in the back of the net anyway, which is perfectly placed. So I think he's off to a, I think he's off to a pretty good start. Well, like, like I've said earlier in the podcast, I, I back him to do 15 goals this season. I really do, and and I would love to see a target man in the club. And I think Alan Armstrong would as well, but I don't think there's many of them floating about at the moment. Certainly not on a free. And like you say, we're in a market for players who are sort of dropping out of the professional game, you know, who have exited the likes of Newcastle, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, you know, under 23 or development squads or whatever they're called these days. Players who are exiting that sort of situation. And I tell you what, a lot, I've of, got a, anybody. A, a lot of professional clubs, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of professional clubs are not signing big target men. Because that's not the way the game is at the top end of the, the footballing world. And as a result, that's why we're not easily able to get a hold of one. That is a very good point. As the game evolves, the big striker. It's a, that's a very good point. They're, they're, they're all going for nippy mobile forwards now. I don't think there's, you know, good high quality target men are hard to come by. I mean, the last one we had was Mark Beck. And it was always astounding me when people said Mark Beck couldn't play football because he, he could. He was a very, very good player, and that's why he's gone to Harrogate. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think if I were to think about for the for the next month, I think what we want to try and shoot for is just a bit of consistency. I think we there's been times this season where I mean I haven't necessarily been there for them, but they've looked sensational at times. They've looked really good, and there's been other times where they just look as if they've kind of lost the way a little bit. Um, you know, sometimes for a new group of players coming together in the way that they have, it's kind of easy when it's all going your way, isn't it? But it's how how well can you adapt 
to injuries? How well can you adapt to conceding a fluke goal or having a bad decision or something like that? And a little bit of that takes time, working together, figure out who your leaders are, figure out who are the people who are going to dig you out of it. So, I mean, I, I think we're all feeling, you know, relatively optimistic, aren't we? It's just, you. I'd just like to see a bit of consistency, I yeah, guess, I going think, forward. I think the Park Avenue game is a good example of the sort of game that you have to sort of, I suppose, recover from, put out your system. We hit the post three times, you know, missed a penalty, had plenty of shots on target that were either just, you know, they were off the post or they were blocked. You know, Bradford Park Avenue were getting bodies behind everything and when they weren't getting bodies, they were getting woodwork. And that's the kind of game where you've just got to, as frustrating as it was, put it out your system. 99 times out of 100, we win a game like that and those shots they hit the post end up in the back of the net. We just go on to the next one and we... But didn't we do that last season around. against Blythe? Well, we were all over them and we didn't score. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's a lot of echoes. Avenue, I'm not sure the Bradford Park Avenue performance is as good as the Blythe one last season. I think I, I, I still think on on um, against Park Avenue, what, we we just didn't start until the 88th minute or something like that. Once we started to actually commit some people forward, mm. I think we looked like we were going to score a hatful. Whereas Blythe last year, we we murdered them, didn't we? And and just didn't manage to get the three points. Do, do you know what the, the weird thing is? You mentioned Blythe, and I was going to make sort of a reverse point from Blythe's perspective. Last season, I reckon we all agree round round here that we were fairly hopeless last season. Yet we took four points off Blythe last season, a team who finished in the playoffs. So sometimes a team can have a good season, but they do drop daft points at various yeah. places. Maybe that Bradford Park Avenue one was ours. Yeah, and uh, by comparison, Blythe Spartans, I think, got beat home and away off North Ferriby last season. So sometimes the way, isn't it? But but so far, so far, so good. Um, we'd always like a bit better, but they've made a, a solid, if not spectacular start, I think I would I would say. Uh, we're just about to wrap up, I think. So thanks for that, gentlemen. Just a few reminders of things that are going on. We mentioned earlier the uh, Foundation Park Run on the 14th of September, where I know everyone would love to put a great show out. Also, shout out to everybody in the club shop. Uh, home and away kits all in now, uh, as well as multi-tickets, monthly tickets, match day tickets, season tickets, and any other type of ticket that you'd like. 50-50 uh, tickets. 50-50 tickets. <laughs> we're, we're doing pretty well on the ticket varieties this year. Um, towels. Towels. We've got towels. We've got cufflinks. You, Training you tops. Name it, you name it. We'll have to get money for that advert. Um, the Talker newspaper. Give the Darlington District Talker newspaper a shout out. Our friends over there who have just moved in to new premises. So we're grateful for all the support with them. And a couple of final shout outs from us uh, here, the podcast team. If you've got any feedback uh, on the podcast or anything that we do and you'd like uh, to uh, let us know, then feel free to do so through a uh, the usual social media channels or alternatively by emailing us at darlofans at gmail.com. Uh, and if you get the chance and you've got five minutes free and you'd like to give us a review uh, for what you think of the podcast, then please do so on um, the iTunes store. What do you call it? The podcast store? What do you call it? iTunes, an iTunes review, isn't it? Help me out, someone. How do you do uh, that? I think it's still the iTunes store for now. The iTunes might change store. when the next Mac do OS up. We've got some quite good ones, actually, but we're all, we could always have more. Uh, and any ideas you've got for anything that we can do as part of the media team here that will make support and down just a little bit better then let us know and we'll see what we can do that it chaps yes uh, it's been nice to be in the Dalton library uh, Dalton the gallery should I say although your uh, Yorkshire Ripper Hammer is, you might need to explain that to us at some point <laughs> miscellaneously lying there in case we said the wrong question got the wrong answer <laughs> Uh, if, if, if you wonder what Mike's talking about, we're recording this uh, podcast live on in on studio up in my upstairs loft, uh, as we were temporarily homeless for the for the month for for reasons beyond our control. And I'll tell you about the hammer later. But these pictures are still available, aren't they? They're not, they're yeah, good. I've got a good range of pictures up here. We've got the particularly the two from Terry Nishaw, uh, Wilson Nishaw's dad. So I've got both of those on the wall, and they're very good. And I think some of the funds for that go to the football club as well. So have a look if you've not had a look at Terry Nishaw art. There's another plug. Anyway, that's enough. Otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna run out of time here. Uh, thanks, chaps. We'll see you again next month. Uh, good luck to uh, the Quakers in uh, in this coming month of September, and all best wishes to all our Darlow fans and listeners out there as well. We'll be back next month.
Some more words on the 